We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one, Adams, touchdown! This time going deep for Beckham Jr. Hello everyone, welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. My co-host is Sean Siegel. He joins me on today's show. We are giving you all the content this week. We have our three OT shows as normal. We did a draft with Blair Andrews, which is up on the main or up on the it will be up on the main feed, but it's currently up on the Rotoviz Overtime feed. So lots of content coming your way this week. And anytime you can listen in to Blair and Sean while they're on the clock, I think it's always a learning opportunity. So do check those out. If you are interested as well in drafting against myself or Sean, let me know. Send it my way at Overtime Ireland on Twitter or rotovizradio at gmail.com. We're setting up some listener leagues. You're going to have the opportunity to draft against us over at the FFPC. Let me know if that does interest you. Sean, it is this Saturday show. We are going to have some fun on today's show. We did uh, put out the feelers last week at the very end of the show. You mentioned if people had rosters that we, they were interested in having us check out um, and if they wanted to get our thoughts on it to send them our way we do have three people who have submitted for this week so we're going to spend today's show on a little bit of roster construction looking through some of the players how we might line things up differently possible moves maybe they could make so it's going to be a fun one looking forward to doing it uh, some people do mailbag shows we're just going to do a fallout mailbag based around roster construction and roster reviews so uh, looking forward to this one yeah, we had a listener and someone who participated in one of the Rotoviz Triflex Dynasty League startups that I did earlier in the offseason suggest this as a show idea, and we, we got lots of interest right away. This is the Rate My Dynasty Team episode. We'll do more of these in the future. They won't necessarily be full shows of that, but if you have your Dynasty team and you want it rated, uh, just let us know. And... The, the listeners want us to be honest as opposed to simply saying you did a good job. So we'll, we'll try and balance. I mean, most of our listeners do do a good job. So when we say that, uh, you can take that seriously. But we'll point out what we would have done differently in a few of these drafts. Yeah, so we'll jump into it. Um, there's three here to go through. So there's obviously information that I'll have to read through uh, to, to give the listeners some um, kind of perspective on it. So the first one coming in from Jason Zim, um, and he has also... Uh, you know, said thank you, obviously likes the show, give us some very kind feedback. So thanks for the kind words. 
there, Jason. He did do this in a Roto-Viz TriFlex startup. The draft was about a month ago, so obviously we may see slight changes in ADP, but he said he would love to know our thoughts on how he did, any advice on how to manage the team going forward. He said, I have to admit it was hard for him to take the zero RB approach, but you guys are really starting to shift my approach. So uh, it's always interesting. We get a lot of feedback, Sean, that people, maybe we are converting people, um, uh, people didn't people who aren't zero or me are, are starting to become that and obviously we joke sometimes that the more people who don't take that advice the better it is for us in our leagues but uh, people starting to take the advice uh, which is which is beneficial um so he said he really regrets the miles sanders pick in the fifth round though um would love any advice on how to flip him or other running backs for better receiving assets um and he has attached a photo off the roster he did trade back out of the first round he also has all his 2022 picks plus an extra first in 2022 um also more kind words at the end we'll save the listeners from those but uh thanks very much for sending in the team jason we will go through them as sean mentioned we will be fair uh, as we go through it so uh hopefully the feedback is, is appreciated as we look at it but sean having a, an early look at the roster um what are some of your opening thoughts as we look through it i'm just going to call out some of the players that he's ended up with for the listeners so we have matthew stafford joe mixon miles sanders dk metcalf jerry judy robert woods tyler boyd marquise brown as the wide receivers and flexes and the super flex then is baker baker mayfield and then noah fan to be talked about on wednesday's show bench is set up with trey lance javante williams anthony mcfarland mike boone uh, malcolm brown will fuller sterling shepherd jarvis landry diami brown uh, harrison bryant and then austin hooper so when we look through it, Sean, just looking at the the layout of the team overall, um, I think that, uh, like we talked about Javante Williams as well, I think great pick there to have as a bench asset. Um, but what's your overall thoughts on, on how the roster is construction, constructed? The number one thing is that this team has plenty of youth, has plenty of talent for the starting positions, and has that extra first round pick next season. So this team is set up very nicely for the long haul in this league. And I think that starts at quarterback where in the second round, he selected Trey Lance, and then you're able to pair him with two, I think very effective veteran QBs at good prices in Matthew Stafford and Baker Mayfield in rounds five and six, right? So the foundation of this team is fantastic. The only area that we might, I think, change a little bit would be kind of what, Jason alluded to in terms of some of the early running back selections, right? So the 301 takes DK Metcalf. We love that selection there. Round four, uh, unfortunately, some of the, the most exciting picks go just before his selection. So you have Jamar Chase come off. You have Calvin Ridley come off. Travis Etienne comes off one spot before. And then he takes Joe Mixon and a couple of picks later takes Javante Williams. Now, Mixon, they're not necessarily a bad pick. We expect him to score a lot of points in 2021. We look at some of the players taken after him, Terry McLaurin at the end of that round, DJ Moore early in the fifth, and then even in that sort of five, six area, you look at T Higgins going at the 512, Brandon Ayuk going at the 601. Man, I really wish that I had been in some leagues this season drafting the dynasty charts where those guys had gone that late right i think that higgins and Ayuk are the absolute must draft kinds of players so when we look at the mix and pick we look at the miles sanders picks in round four and five those are probably the only areas here 
where maybe we would have done something a little bit different. I think the idea for the Miles Sanders owner is to just explore what's out there, right? You want to find out if the players who drafted Higgins, Ayuk, Godwin, Devontae Smith, Claypool, Deontay Johnson, you know, even some of the guys quite a bit later, like a Jerry Judy or you know, even Elijah Moore, where are the owners on those guys? So once you start to get several rounds past your own selection, you're going to be looking for more than just the one guy back. Running backs were drafted very early in this one. Now, one of the things that we've seen in this Rotoviz Triflex format is that as drafters have gotten familiar with the drafts, have gotten familiar with the format, the wide receivers have climbed and climbed and climbed. Running backs have fallen and fallen and fallen. A draft that took place a month ago, you're not going to be able to get the same values from these running backs in all likelihood, but you want to explore that. If your league mates are still as high on running backs as they were at the point where the draft took place, then you could get a lot back from Miles Sanders, and you may actually end up being very happy that you took him because you can now trade him for such a bundle. Yeah, the, the players, when I look at it, you know, we start off with the approach, obviously, that we have tried to in the Superflex or Triflex format. We get a quarterback, we get a star wide receiver. And then when we start to look further, it's the Joe Mixon, Javante Williams, Miles Sanders pick. And what I would be thinking there that we could have came away with is even if you wanted to keep Javante Williams as one running back there, but like if this was me personally drafting, I would have went with McLaurin and then either two of DJ Moore, T Higgins and Brant Nair. Cause you mentioned those guys seem to be going a little bit later there, but I think if you end up with at least two of those, the way this played out, or if you at least end up, uh, sorry, or possibly end up with three of them, I think then that sets you up for, a lot better overall roster in terms of the depth of the wide receiver position so if we did do that and flip it around we would have you know still have an opportunity where we got um jerry judy and tyler boyd later on but we might then in the positions that we would have took marquise brown um where we would have took maybe sterling shepherd we might have been able to fill those up with some of the running back options so i think we've we've gone in heavier on running back than i would have i think it sets you up for running back this year um but i think the way the roster's even set up i think javante williams is the guy that you'll probably start most out of those three guys and i think then the short-term value of the likes of Mixon and miles sanders could catch up you know in 2022 if things don't go according to plan for them in 2021 so i think there's opportunities just to go towards the wide receiver position but um running backs did go a lot earlier than i would have anticipated in this draft um sean anything else that you want to add in on the overall draft by jason and once again thanks jason for submitting your roster here well he has a lot of the guys that we really like right i had mentioned judy he actually already has judy so you don't need to make a, a trade for him already has tyler boyd in the 10th round interesting pick in round eight there robert woods elijah moore had gone one pick ahead rashad bateman two picks ahead I'd be interested to know if Jason had been targeting either of those two guys. Robert Woods looks like a player who is a slam dunk for 2021 with Matthew Stafford. I don't know that I really like him nearly as much in Dynasty. Debo Samuel goes in the following round. LaVisca Chenault goes at the end of the following round. This was probably before Chenault started generating a lot of the buzz, but I think I would prefer to take the risk on those guys when you already have some pretty good depth or you can project out in your head some pretty good depth you know, Will Fuller in round 11, I, I think that, that's a, 
a home run pick by any standards. We get to the end of the draft, and then, Colin, I just wanted to run by you quickly. He adds Brown. He adds Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry in round 14 uh, is going to be one of the best values that you ever have. I think Jarvis Landry is pretty close to Robert Woods, and so when you have a chance to take some guys like a Landry in round 14, then you didn't necessarily need the Woods pick in round 8. You don't know that Landry is going to be available to you that late, but he is someone who is constantly undervalued in all leagues. The tight end position column is one where we like to have multiple elite players. Pat Fairmuth goes off the board one pick ahead of his selection in round 14. He had a couple picks in round 14, and then he went with Austin Hooper and then Harrison Bryant later. Would you have preferred him to address tight end earlier, maybe take a Cole Komet, maybe just simply get a second elite tight end instead of going with some of the the running backs or, or even you know when you get that Tyler Boyd pick in round 10 that is a slam dunk but Gasicki Higby were available a little bit later we think that Gasicki could be a breakout guy are you comfortable with the tight end approach what I was going to say there and you mentioned Gasicki I was going to say like if, if we do the approach that I mentioned we take those wide receivers um and those kind of force basically six rounds to get to get down as far as Ayuk. I think then as you move forward, you can start to adjust on that. And I think that would have left you in a position that we didn't have to go after wide receiver maybe in the 10th round. And I know we both like Tyler Boyd, but I think we could have took Kaseki maybe in that range um, if we were thinking about targeting him. The problem is when we get to that point, and we talked about this as well in the best ball draft, is when you get to a stage in this particular format, like at the FFPC where tight ends are premium, you do start to see a drop-off considerably then as to, to what's happening and what we can do. Cole Kometa is one that I have been targeting. The other one that I think is interesting there in round 13 is Evan Ingram. There's huge red flags. There's a lot of question marks. There's you know a lot of issues maybe. I don't know if we'll ever see him hit his ceiling um, and where he can go and where we thought he might have went a few years ago. But I think in the 13th round, if you're looking for tight end help i think he can he can help you there um but i i really want to get those guys that are um in those top 10 rounds i would like to see maybe to to target it there a little bit more but you know getting fant um i think that's also the guy like when it is a situation where it's going to be a onesie starting position um unless you're planning to flex them out and it is a week-to-week option you know we still have waivers and that that maybe we'll find somebody on but i would like to possibly pick up on on something else and i was always a big austin hooper guy but uh it hasn't worked out for him in cleveland at all so yeah that that's a slight area of concern hey rotoviz radio listener this is curtis patrick from the dynasty command center podcast and i've got a special deal for you today go to rotoviz.com click the subscribe button put the 12 month subscription in your cart and use promo code RV radio 2021. That's RV radio 2021. And you're going to save 10%. Taking advantage of this deal, getting your hands on what's included in the package is the best way to enhance your performance this year. So go to rotoviz.com and subscribe now. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Next team up comes in from Thomas Oliver. We'll run through his. Um, looking here, looks to be a super flex uh, team. We're going to call through them, Sean. Um, obviously, it's 28 players, so uh, we're going to go through all 28. Uh, <laughs> so it'll take us a bit of time. But we don't have the actual draft board. This one is just the overall roster. We have Tom Brady, Derek Carr, obviously likes your guys, Sean, and, and those two quarterbacks, Dwayne Haskins, Lamar Jackson. Uh, unfortunately for this one was actually submitted before the Cam Akers news with Cam Akers at running back, uh, N.O. Benjamin, uh, Tevin Coleman, DJ Dallas, Ronald Jones, Zach Moss, Latavius Murray, Trey Sermon, um, Ramondre Stevenson, John Brown, Amari Cooper, Jameson Crowder, Travis Fulgham, Chris Godwin, Justin Jefferson, Byron Pringle, Michael Thomas, um, Seth Williams, Robert Woods, Eric Ebron, Zach Ertz, Jacob Harris, Hunter Henry, and Ian Thomas. That was a mouthful to uh, to go through all those guys. But having a quick review, Sean, off it, um, what are some of the immediate areas? Obviously, I think judging it, it's probably unfair to judge the camera side of things. Um, but what's your, your overall thoughts? This was a fantastic roster right before the acres injury but the good news is that because there's so much wide receiver firepower it's still a very good roster after the acres injury so i would be looking for trades with acres see if there are rebuilding teams that want to wait you would need to get pretty close to what you would consider full dynasty value from acres to make the trade otherwise when you have a good team already you can just kind of sit on him there and wait but we have Ronald Jones, we have Zach Moss. Those guys probably will keep the ship afloat. And then you have some interesting contingent types of plays in Trey Sermon, Ramondre Stevenson. A lot of Dynasty and Devi guys are very much on those two players. If Trey Sermon breaks through for this season, then maybe he can be the guy who takes those acres points. Now, the reason that I say it's a good team, when you're looking at any kind of super flex roster and you have Lamar Jackson and Tom Brady, you're going to score a ton of points there. And then you have Derek Carr as a solid bi-week fill-in and disaster, someone you can insert into the starting lineup. And then we look at the receivers, right? Amari Cooper, Chris Godwin, Justin Jefferson, Michael Thomas, Robert Woods, those guys week in and week out are going to allow you to put up a bunch of points in the flex positions, really take it to your opponent. 
at tight end, we have a kind of fun team here where there are some uh, more middle of the pack guys in terms of Zach Ertz. We think he's going to be traded and have a better season than people are anticipating. You know, you mentioned Hunter Henry, uh, the big contract there with the Patriots. If Mac Jones emerges early, he can score a lot of points. And then it's always fun to see Jacob Harris, someone we have been promoting as the next Darren Waller since early in the offseason. Uh, he then generated some really interesting quotes out of Rams offseason workouts. It's still someone you know you want to be careful on. I mean, he's not necessarily a draftable player in a 20-round redraft, but Jacob Harris, someone I'm sitting on in almost all of my dynasty teams. Yeah, and I think um like obviously what we look at if we're looking long term, Tom Brady, we've thought for years that um, you know, let's move him on and we're not going to get any value from him in a, in a year or two in our dynasty leagues. But at this point I'd be holding firm and uh, I'd be going with it. It's just obviously when he retires, that might become an area where we need to address and trying to address that now might be the appropriate way to do it rather than wait for that time. Obviously, Acres, yeah, big loss from there. But having those guys like Ronald Jones, like Zach Moss, can help fill those gaps as well. I, I do think that tight end could be a, an area here that could be a little bit of a weakness. I, I think the Patriots situation is a little bit tricky to call. I'm, I'm not sure as to how much value or who's going to be the guy that gets the targets or how that's going to work out this season. So I'm a little bit skeptical of the, the two New England Patriots uh, tight ends. I think Ebron kind of gets enough to to do enough, but it's just never all that consistent. And I think Ertz is probably the one that you're hoping uh, gets out of Philadelphia, which we fully expect, but then gets a, a good landing spot. I think the dream scenario for him is that we see him maybe end up in Buffalo. I think that would be an absolutely ideal spot for him, but we'll see what happens there. But overall, uh, good, good roster, Thomas. Um, just unfortunate, obviously, with that Acres news over the last couple of days. We have one more to run through here. As oh, we I, get- I wanted to ask you here, oh. with the Acres situation, and you have some elite older players, you have a Tom Brady who in a one-year situation probably is going to play two. Uh, in some ways, someone you can count on for two years is worth more than a lot of you know even established running backs. So a tradable person in Superflex, you have players like Amari Cooper, Michael Thomas, Robert Woods, players who probably a year from now are going to have less trade value. Within the context of the Acres news, do you go ahead and and sell this team right now, but with the idea that you're going to be getting back pieces who are younger, maybe have a wider range of outcomes, but if everything breaks the right way, you, you can still be competitive in 2021? This team for me feels like it's kind of built for 2021 before the Acres news, and I think if we could move Acres for something that we can use this year um, like you were talking about at the at the start maybe in that situation then we can continue on I think blowing it all up for the one guy is probably not something that I'd be looking to do I think you could probably still do a lot with this team this year it's just if we can look to see if we can get enough running back production to fill that in so would you be going the complete opposite I think that the team still can like there's enough time to you know fill in some running back spots we'll probably see some guys emerge maybe in preseason here where there's you know production uh, in preseason and then we can probably pick some guys up with the waiver wire that'll be able to be patched in there at the running back position so what's your would you be going as far as to turn things around i never like to tank a season right but i think that rebuilds or 
complete blow it up, start over campaigns. When you have this much talent on your team, they can actually happen in an instant, right? So if you're able to turn acres for an interesting guy who is a young player, has some value right away. Again, if you're going to turn it here, you're going to be looking at guys with a wide range. So maybe you can move a Cam Akers, you know, for a Javante Williams. Maybe you can move a Michael Thomas for Jerry Judy, plus another interesting piece, you know, if you throw in a Byron Pringle. And Pringle is someone who, in a, in a 30 roster spot league, has some real value. Someone might take him as a throw in. Maybe you can move Amari Cooper for Brandon Ayuk. And if the 49ers are run heavy this year, then yeah, you sit and wait. But if they're not, if Trey Lance blows up, then you have a guy who's better than Cooper right away. So those would be some of the moves I'd be trying to make. I'd be looking at it as, you know, my league mates think that I'm starting over, but really what I'm doing is this very quick rebuild on the fly where I'm shuffling my lineup I'm getting younger and using the acres injury as an excuse, as sort of a catalyst to open up discussions within the league. But then I put together a roster that I can win with in 2021. And in 2022, I'm ready to really blow the doors off in terms of how it fits with other teams. Now, I think the question of whether or not you rebuild is a little bit based too on the strength of your opponents. One of the things that comes up in dynasty leagues that we don't tend to think about when we're looking at just one roster but if you're in a league where there are three or four really bad teams and there are one or two teams that are so far ahead that your chances to beat them anyway are minimal then i think that you rebuild a little bit more or you turn you lean more in that direction i think if the top six teams are fairly even in your league then you would have more incentive to to stick it out knowing that you have a lot of talent on this team already yeah, it's an it's an interesting uh, thought process, and uh, we've given we've given a lot there, I think, for him to, to think through. So uh, we're interested to see how that lineup looks uh, in a couple of a couple of months. Um, the next question coming in, Sean, you'll remember this one. It comes in from the assistant pig keeper uh, Ben, um, so he's sitting in a, a team here. Had a great review from Ben on iTunes uh, or Apple Podcasts a couple of months ago. So thanks again for that. Said it is an interesting league setup that's only one year old. He set it up especially for pandemic conditions it's a 10-team league he said he's really enjoyed it so they're going to continue to roll with it it was a salary cap draft non-ppr with a large starting lineup so two quarterback two running back three wide receivers two tight end one running back wide receiver flex one wide receiver tight end flex nine bounce two ir spots uh, a 22 roster spot overall so interesting even to go in like once i see 10-man league i automatically think ramp up the size of the you know squad that you need and the, the position element so i think that's going to help it here i can and likely will start five receivers most weeks uh, even in non-ppr but i was wondering what other priorities you would make especially at the tight end position uh, especially with regards to allocating salary cap dollars last year the league mates were fairly sharp and kelsey went for 45 out of a 200 dollar budget uh 28 for Kittle 20 for Waller and 15 for Andrews this year he expects a good deal of inflation and he as it definitely dawned on everyone how thin the position was and because 
because they watched the injury ravage Kelsey team still almost win the championship. So last year I had a roster limited to four tight ends, so no one hoarded the position. Don't know if he's going to abolish the roster limits this year. His number one question will be how much of his roster budget and should he ballpark for each position and whether he should aim for three elite tight ends to, and he has put in quotes here, corner the market or whether that conversely would be a robust tight end strategy that makes me overly fragile. Possible two elite tight ends, Waller and Pitts, or go with uh, two flyers with good upside, um, such as Gasecki slash Fant or even Komet slash Troutman. Um, he said, good luck to us in our drafts this season. Um, so thanks for that. And he says uh, he loves listening to the draft processes. So he's hopefully enjoying this week listening into the draft, but says he's hoping we take down the big one. I assume he's talking about the FFPC main event. We also hope that. So <laughs> hopefully that is, hopefully that's the case. But Sean, an, a loaded question. Um, do you have a preference with where we, where we start on it? So this is an unusual league, right? And this is a lot of fun because having unusual leagues like this really make you think through the different elements. And I think that helps you in other formats, helps you maybe in your more traditional or conventional formats. We actually did a full week, three episode arc on this for Stealing Bananas, talking about thinking across formats. So anyone who hasn't checked that out, uh, make sure you hop over. Ben Gretsch, obviously always awesome. Drew Dinkmeyer was a superstar on his guest appearance so this idea of thinking across formats i think is really cool and this question kind of brings me back to when we had scott fish on the show and he talked about you know what would never show up in the scott fish bowl and the one thing was two tight end leagues because in two tight end leagues you have to have the top guy to win right Colin? he was citing to us that in these two tight end leagues the person with kelsey or the tight end one was winning just some obscene percentage of the actual leagues. It made it not work very well. Now, I love the fact that this is who tied in in an auction because now people have the choice, right? You're not going to be stuck, you know, with the 12th pick. And, you know, in a two tight end league, you could have three, four uh, tight ends go off the board in the first round. And now you're thinking, well, I, I don't have any chance. You're bidding here. You can make your own decisions. This is really cool. I think that you go after the stud tight ends column. Does that follow with what we've heard on the show, what we've talked about on the show? And obviously we've been elite tight end for years. Yeah, it, it definitely fits with it. And just going back, you mentioned Scott being on the show. Um, like I think if you if you have listened to that episode, you just go and you get the money and you put it on those tight ends. Obviously you want to fill out your roster, but I think um, going and getting those top guys is, is what's going to make the difference. I, I do think obviously you know last year we're looking at like 20 for waller um at that time and obviously i don't know what sean what sort of budgets can be allocated this year when uh, the way we're talking about darn waller this year from the jump that he did make last year so i, I do think it's uh, interesting but i think it's going to be hard to allocate budget to get two of those uh top guys um so i think his question was kind of two two of the elite guys and then two flyers with good upside i think the most realistic option probably here is to to try and pair the likes of a, a waller or a kettle or um pets with then somebody like a gasecki or a fan is that probably where the most realistic path is i would think so but it would be interesting to see if you could get a waller hawkinson starting lineup and then you know look for maybe a zach Ertz really late or the breakout with cole Komet. You know, get that third guy 
as you mentioned here, you have to start two tight ends. You do have a later position that's a wide receiver or flex. You have a later position that's a wide receiver or tight end flex. So you could go three tight ends. And if you are going with a Waller, Hawkinson, Komet starting lineup in this format, it might be kind of interesting. Again, we do have the non-PPR as opposed to a tight end premium. So we have to keep that in mind. But tight ends are definitely going to determine where this draft goes. Colin, I also just wanted to mention uh, you had referenced Ben and his assistant pig keeper handle. We had talked about that uh, in the past on the show. And Lloyd Alexander, the Black Cauldron, I have Disney right now and just sort of messing around one time recently. I did load that up. I watched the Black Cauldron a movie from many, many, many years ago that got horrible reviews. And it was it was a sad moment, right? I was able to get through about 10 minutes and all 10 minutes were excruciating. The film was absolutely terrible, much worse than I remember from when I saw it as a little, little kid. And yeah, so hopefully they will remake that in a way that is not so destructive to the source material sometime in the future, because it is a really cool story. Colin, quickly before we get off, I've had another week now of HBO Max. The flight attendant has been fantastic. Did you have any show recommendations for us this week? No, but I also uh, finished up on uh, on Loki, and I may have to watch it again. I'm equally confused. I have got to the end of it, but uh, I, I find it kind of... I did mention that you had to pay attention. I did pay attention, and I feel like I didn't pay enough attention. So I may have to go back and, and see where see where I missed out. Um, some of the timelines and that were uh, tricky to follow. Uh, something that I am excited for hasn't uh, come out yet, but is coming out. I haven't... Uh, over the last couple of years, probably been waiting for that second season as much for anything. Um, uh, Ted Lasso is uh, coming out for season two. It's on uh, Apple, um, and I, I really did love um, season one. So that's coming out, uh, I think, I think this coming week, maybe even this week. So I'm looking forward to diving into that. So that will be an upcoming recommendation, um, but I just wanted to follow through with my, my Loki review. So people thinking about it probably aren't that much further forward Um whether they should watch it or not, but I would say give it a try if you if you like those sort of shows. I did so I can't remember somebody did tweet me last week to say uh, they heard the show where I had said I was listening to it, and they said they were delighted that they weren't going to have to sell off all their their stock in uh, <laughs> in Disney. But um, obviously, I haven't been able to increase the stock with my reviews this week, where I'm still a little bit confused. Well, I'm glad to hear that you are watching that. I uh, right now I have Hulu Disney. ESPN, HBO, all in a package. I'm trying to sort of speed watch all of the content on all of those so that I can cancel and, and not have all of the expenses with that. But yeah, HBO Max, a lot of cool shows. I actually watched an Antarctic drama called The Head where, I mean, there's a, there's a decapitated person early on this murder mystery. These guys who are down in Antarctica for the six months of night basically. So you see him at the beginning with the last day of the sun, then you jump forward to the first day of sun six months later, and almost everyone has not made it and then work through the mystery. Actually very well done, exciting. And this, again, an international element to the show. We like to mix in some of those, uh, broaden our horizons, hear some foreign language, and just get a little bit of a different angle than we get with some of the American broadcasts. And Colm, I know you have a substantial UK audience that is very much in favor of the European shows. 
Yeah, that's uh, I I really enjoy like you said, like seeing different cultures, seeing different perspectives, and uh, that's something that I really like to to try and broaden my horizons with. So it's always good to focus in on those things as well. But that is going to take us to the end of the third show of the week. If you're listening through all the draft shows, this may be your sixth show of the week or your seventh show. Hopefully you've enjoyed listening into all of those. Of course, as always, you can get yourself a 10% discount to Rotoviz NFL Pass. All you have to do is add the code RVRADIO2021 at checkout or go to rotoviz.com forward slash podcast for additional information. That gets you access to everything up on the website, gets you set up for the season. Don't miss out on that offer. As always, leave us a written interview on your favorite podcast app. We do appreciate it very, very much. And Sean, of course, is also doing the wonderful Stealing Bananas podcast with Ben Gretsch. Make sure you're checking that out. Drop a written interview on that one as well while you're at it. Uh, I have to say, uh, this past week, um, the three shows involving Zero RB and the strategies behind that, they also talked about the running back targets for the, the Zero RB builds this year. So uh, just stuff that is must, must listen um, if you haven't already checked it out, that is Stealing Bananas. It is available pretty much everywhere you can listen to podcasts, very similar to Rotoviz OT as well. So check out the great work the guys are doing over there. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. My co-host, as always, is Sean Siegel. And until we're back with more shows next week, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast.